Chapter thirty three of the Turn of the Tide. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ipa Gonzalez. The Turn of the Tide by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter thirty three. Ned Spencer returned alone to Hillcrest about the middle of April. In spite of the able corps of managers, the Spencers did not often leave the mills for so long a time without the occasional presence of one or the other of the firm. They not frequently declared that the mills were like a clock that winds itself, so admirably adjusted was the intricate machinery of their management. It was not without some little embarrassment and effort that Ned sought out the mill house immediately upon his return and called on Margaret. I left Della and Frank to come more slowly, he said, after the greetings were over. Frank, poor chap, isn't half strong yet, but he was impatient that someone should be here. For that matter, I found things in such fine shape that I told them I was going away again. Who made more money when I wasn't round than when I was? Margaret smiled, but very faintly. She understood only too well that behind all this lay reasons why her urgent requests and pleas regarding some of the children had been so ignored in the office of Spencer and Spencer during the last few months. She almost said as much to Ned, but she changed her mind and questioned him about Frank's health and the trip instead. The cause had unqualified success. At least, it was not a success so far as Margaret was concerned. The young man was plainly displeased, and the cane-seated chair which he sat, and with his hostess's simple toilet. The reproachful look had gone from his eyes, it was true, but in his place was one of annoyed disapproval that was scarcely as unpleasant to encounter. There were long pauses in the conversation, which neither participants seemed able to fill. Once Margaret tried to tell her visitor of her work, but he was so clearly unsympathetic that she cut it short and introduced another subject. Of McGuinness she did not speak. Time enough for that. Time enough for that when Frank Spencer should return, and the engagement would have to be known. She did tell him, however, of her plan to go to New York later in search of the twins. I shall take Patty with me, she explained, and we shall make it a sort of vacation. We both need a change, and the... Well, it won't be exactly a rest, perhaps. No, I fear not, Ned returned grimly. I do hope, Margaret, that when Della gets home, you'll take a real rest and change at Hillcrest. Surely, by that time, you'll be ready to cut loose from all this sort of thing. Margaret laughed merrily, though her eyes were wistful. We'll wait and see how rested New York makes me, she said. But, Margaret, you're surely going to come to Hillcrest, then? appealed Ned. Whether you need to rest or not. We'll see, Ned, we'll see. Was all she would say, but at this time her voice had lost its merriment. Ned, though he did not know it, and though Margaret was lost to acknowledge it even to herself, had touched upon a tender point. She did long for Hillcrest, its rest, its quiet, and the tender care that its people had always given her. She longed for even one day in which she would have no problems to solve, no misery to try to alleviate, one day in which she might be the old carefree Margaret. She reproached herself bitterly for all this, however, and accused herself of being false to her work and dear people, but in the next breath she would deny the accusation 
and say that it was only because she was worn out and dead tired. When the people do get home, she said to Bobby McGuinness one day, when the people do get home, we'll take a rest, you and I. We'll go up to Hillcrest and play you for a day or two. It will do us good. To Hillcrest? Aye, cried the man. Certainly, why not? returned Margaret quickly, a little disturbed and surprised in her lover's voice. Surely you don't think that a man I'm expecting to marry can stay away from Hillcrest, do you? No, of course not, murmured McInnes, but his eyes were troubled, and Margaret noticed that he did not speak again for some time. It was this, perhaps, that set her own thoughts into a new channel, when after all had she thought of them before together. Bobby and Hillcrest? It had always been Bobby, and the work. End of chapter 33 Recording by Pagonza Alice in Cavita, Philippines